0: This is Encore Performances, reconnecting with friends of GBA. I'm your host, Joel Carson, the Executive Director of the Geo Professional Business Association. GBA is known for engaging with amazing speakers at our conferences, and in this series, we reconnect with past keynotes that have become old friends of GBA to see where life has taken them, and learn from their journey. They are American heroes, best-selling authors, business leaders, executive coaches, all experts in their field, and brilliantly engaging. I hope you enjoy reconnecting with these friends of GBA as much as I do. I'm thrilled to reconnect with a friend of GBA. Nancy Watt is a sought after speaker, writer, and improviser. She is a graduate of Second City's Improv Conservatory and sketch writing programs. And from the first time I talked to Nancy, I knew she is a consummate professional. And I've since found out she brings high energy, thoughtful insight, and a passion for STEM education. And she also delivers dynamic presentations on communication and creativity, in unconventional environments. She's also the vision behind Nancy Watt Communications, a group of ambitious professionals who research and collaborate to deliver the best writing content, training programs, and speaking engagements anywhere. It is awesome to speak with you again, Nancy. (laughs) Welcome.
1: Thank you, Joel. How nice to see you. Nice to be here. Thanks.
0: So Nancy, when we were together in 2019, which wasn't long ago as far as the calendar goes, but it seems like worlds away from where we are now, you emphasized the importance of accepting the reality of the other. It's a cornerstone of improv and in our daily communication. So please remind us how important accepting the reality of other people is during this challenging and often
1: divisive time. So true. Thank you. So when I talked in Maui about accepting reality, what I was referring to was the fundamental rule of improvisational theater. And indeed, from my days as, as conservatory graduate of Second City in Toronto and Chicago, we used the principle of yes and, yes and. Yes, and means that when you and I are on stage together, we have an agreement. We have an acceptance of the other's idea. If you say it's pouring rain outside, I do not negate that. We, in theater, we call that a block. We don't deny your reality. We accept it by saying yes. The and part of that is how I advance and and heighten the scene, you know, yes, and neither one of us have an umbrella and away we go in the scene, you know, and I know that that may sound to our listeners like an overly simplistic thing, and I promise you, it's not. When we study the social science and the research of communication and how it breaks down and largely why we can be in a society so largely politically polarized, it is simply that we don't accept the reality of the other you know and and therein the conversation stops we don't get a lot of dialogue further to when we don't when we don't accept the reality of the other acceptance does not mean agreement it doesn't mean that i necessarily have to like the fact that you know we have a polarized view or that you know when you and i are developing an improv scene and you say it's raining i don't necessarily have to like it i just accept it mm-hmm. and i tell you that is sort of the fundamental rule in building an improvisation en- ensemble and it happens to be the fundamental rule in building some really good, effective teamwork and and collaborative effort in the engineering sector. It simply is. So that's what accepting the reality—that's uh, what accepting reality meant when when we were together in Maui. Which, as you said, it's, you're right. Does that ever seem like a lifetime ago, huh? <laughs>
0: That's a great reminder to all of us and how we can apply that in our, in our personal lives and our work lives and just start with that yes, yes, and, and build on the conversation. I uh, really appreciate you reminding us of that. Uh, you also introduced us to a new concept, to me, the adaptability quotient and the importance of flexibility and adaptability. So what should our listeners be learning about AQ if they don't know about it? And how can we apply that to our teams now?
1: Such a good question. Um, So we all know IQ, you know, and uh, Intelligent Quotient. And when it was developed about 25 years ago at Yale University, EQ, or Emotional Quotient, really hit the on-ramp, really got traction in terms of, uh, organizational development and training programs that had some meat and really moved the behavioral dial when we challenged and empowered our leaders to, uh, to embrace that level of intelligence. You know, the empathy, what we now call stempathy in engineering and, and different sectors, right? I mean, we, we offered leaders an ability to be both empowered and vulnerable you know, to show themselves authentically, and to bring out the absolute best in their teams. And and as I say, I mean, it's been about 20-25 years since we've been doing uh, uh, emotional quotient assessments, and that is all good and well and as it should be. Um, so coming down the pipe, the next social science metric that perhaps many of your listeners have already heard about, but if they haven't Be forewarned, you are going to be hearing a lot more about AQ, adaptability quotient. And indeed, I bet they are experiencing this live right now in their lives, in their homes, in their their organizations, in their teams, in their Zoom meetings. Adaptability quotient, it is the ability to mentally pivot. To, um, you know, as Stephen Hawking said, you know, intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. It is the Darwinian fact. And yet we see already, I mean, COVID will be case studied for years, years to come, you know, and and we see people struggling and and organizations who are not able to adapt. And so, why, why, what is that? you know what what is it that they are either missing, or you know where are our organizations deficient in our ability to have this elasticity and, and flexibility both mentally and, and organizationally so AQ measures the the abilities, the characteristics, and the environmental factors you know from a, a, from the evidence based research it uh, the assessment of an aq applies these three things the uh the company aqai calls it the ace model our abilities, our characteristics, and the environmental factors. And these things impact the successful behaviors and actions of people and the people in those organizations to effectively respond to uncertainty and to new information and to change circumstances. And I would respectfully submit that the world has done exactly that in the last four months and will continue to do so. You know, um, adaptability quotient uh, talks about, you know, within those uh, three criteria, within our ability to change and our characteristics that, uh, that are present that tend to uh, cultivate more of uh, a, a, an adaptability quotient, and the environment. You know, I, under our ability, we talk about grit, the science of resiliency. You know, which interestingly, what the uh, what the psychological literature shows is that resiliency is not uh, is a muscle that needs to be flexed. It is our ability to get back up after adversity. And uh, and as any leader in the GBA knows, you know, it is not the measure of success. It is not the measure of good times. It is how we respond to adversity that is the true metric of of how we will uh, survive this. So the ability talks about grit and our mindset. And our mental flexibility, our mental flexibility, which is in essence, you know, holding two opposing thoughts at the same time, you know, where where to go, and to not be, uh, not to look at that as uh, as as a psychological threat, which is neurologically, biologically, we are wired to do. You know, we get that fight or flight. We are, our amygdala is hijacked, and we tend to react rather than respond. And let me tell you, the difference between a reaction and a response is huge,
0: yeah. is
1: huge. We, um, interestingly, also is, you know, for those individuals who have a high AQ, um, they have an ability to unlearn to unlearn what they know. Um, When I was at Cornell doing the executive program in diversity and and inclusion, this was fascinating. And as you know, I do a a lot of work in the engineering sector and to, uh, you know, to to do a lot of uh, outreach in STEM and to look at why some of our inclusion programs are not working. And, and, you know, it is uh, largely this ability this inability to unlearn what we know, you know, our brains are, our brains can be so lazy sometimes, Joel, you know, we know what we know. We like what we like. We know what is the same and what is common. We trust it, you know, from a evolutionary point of view, that is how we are wired. And so pushing ourselves into that uncertainty and, uh, and acknowledging and listening and observing our cognitive distortions, you know, our uh, feelings of threat when we find something different or, you know, uh, confront the quote unquote other and be able to embrace it, turns out is really, really good for us. You know, it makes more flexible leaders. It gives us perspective. It gives us more points of view, which from my days at Second City and in all of our uh, workshops and in even all of the online workshops that I've been lucky to do since COVID hit, you know, this, this ability to gain more perspectives and points of view opens our world opens our world and um, you know what my often used term when we push ourselves out of the comfort zone the good thing about that is that as a result we all get a bigger comfort zone it is supposed to be uncomfortable and good thing you know good thing yeah. so that's a little bit about uh, adaptability quotient and that is uh, that is really keeping me busy and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of engineering firms are looking at that now as well.
0: Seems so important. And so again, for those that haven't become familiar with AQ adaptability quotient, this is something that you must look forward to. You must, you must embrace. And uh, for those that are using it, uh, bravo on you and keep doing it. When we were together last you stressed the importance of fostering an organization of trust and transparency, especially during uncertain times. So how do we foster trust and transparency when our inver- when our working environment is so unconventional right now and everything is very dynamic and unpredictable?
1: Indeed. That is exactly what that is exactly what is needed. And so allow me if you will to go back to the improv stage. You know, for uh, for anyone who has ever seen uh, perhaps that show, Whose Line Is It Anyway, with Colin Mockery and Ryan Sales. I'm, I'm producing Colin Mockery's documentary right now, How We wow. Use It. I know the man is smart and kind, as funny as hell, and it's so much fun. So we, um, uh, it, we're, the documentary, just as an aside, is called Act Social, and it's how applied improvisation can be used in conflict resolution. And we had a bunch of Republicans and Democrats together to do some improv workshops, and, oh, oh that's a whole other story, Joel. Oh, wow. So much fun, <laughs> really great. But we talk about, you know, trust. And, and you know, as I, as I said earlier, the number one rule in improvisational theater is yes and, yes and. The second rule in improv is make your partner look good. Make your partner look good. Um, I want to not only accept your idea um, and whether I agree with it or not, I want to view it. I I absolutely respect it and I and I trust it that that is where the scene will be going. You know, and this and this combination of yes and yes and yes is elicits a little bit of vulnerability for the player on stage. You know, I don't know what I'm about to agree to, you know, and and it always makes you feel like there's that combination of panic and elation when you're on stage when you don't know a situation that you're going into even you know some of the engineers that I'm presently working with you know when they don't know uh, uh, one of their favorite quotes is engineering isn't about perfect solution it's about doing the best you can with the limited resources and and we parallel that exactly with an improv scene you know we don't know what we're saying yes to but we know that we're going to say yes the and is not vulnerable, not not uh, does not elicit a feeling of vulnerability. It elicits a feeling of empowerment. And and this is where we're going. This is my contribution. That uh, that yes and I have um, I borrow from the uh, I, I parallel that yes and philosophy. And I borrow the work of a woman named Dr. Amy Edmondson. She's the Novaris Chair of Harvard Business School. And she has developed something called psychological safety. Um, And many of your listeners would know of Dr. Edmondson. She's a TED Fellow. She's written five books. She's really a thought leader in this space of cultivating trust and psychological safety in our teams. You know, some of the things that she says that can uh, continue to garner and cultivate trust is developing a mindset of curiosity in our teams. You know, asking uh, asking uh, a lot of questions pulls some of our some of our team members who might be uh, might be in a complacent place or an apathetic place or they might be in that anxiety type zone where they hold all of the accountability and the responsibility for getting the task done but they're not listening and they're not really trusting the people with whom they work you know, Um, so we parallel this with doing some very specific improv exercises that lead people right into those different states. And we ultimately are able to uh, develop a sense of trust by using theatrical principles. So Amy Edmondson talks about that a lot. She talks about the importance of curiosity and that mindset. Interestingly, she also talks about the importance of our leaders Admitting their fallibility, you know, I'm getting back a lot to the emotional quotient and the and the adaptability quotient. You know, it means a lot to a team when a leader can, uh, you know, can can say to a colleague or or to a subordinate, "Here, look, please look at this report. I I need another set of eyes on it. I might have missed something." You know, that type of fallibility, that we are all in this together, that we have never navigated these waters before. You know, we need all hands on deck and everyone is in. And that, um, and those principles go a long way to building trust together. Um, it fascinates me that the same, uh, that the same artistic uh, principles to build a very powerful and effective theatrical ensemble are exactly the same principles that deal with, um, that are able to develop a really effective team. And as, you know, um, Engineers Without Borders knows and many other engineering firms, then indeed, you know, the vice dean of Johns Hopkins, uh, Ed Schneiderman from uh, the School of Engineering, he he says that, you know, the bottom line is that so much of engineering work is collaborative and the kind of communication skills that improv cultivates is invaluable, you know, and I, I, I gotta just add that. I always love it when we talk about engineers and improv because <laughs> two words, <laughs> it's never really.
0: two opposite ends of the universe, but uh, I see
1: right?
0: so much. A total- yeah.
1: It's so true. There might be a few listeners who are doing that, you know, what the heck, what? You know, improv and engineering. And I know, I I feel the reticence, I feel the resistance. And yet, the truth is that, um, the truth is that, uh, at its heart, engineering is about using science to find creative and practical solutions. I'm always amazed and humbled and impressed with just how creative, just how much creativity is used in, in engineering. Yes. And and improv sort of elicits that intuitive knowledge and, and spontaneity that rarely sees the light of day, you know? And at its heart, we, it is full of co-creation, you know? And 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 I'll say that whenever an engineer or, you know, the lawyers are like this too. I'm working with a bunch of <laughs> law schools right now as well. and And, you know, whenever I get that, Um, reticence, I like to remind people that improv was developed for people who don't even speak English. You know, it was the mother of improv, Viola Spolin from Chicago, first developed the theater games together with the famous uh, activist Neva Boyd for immigrant families. They had settled in Chicago at the turn of the last century and, and she worked with immigrant children and quickly saw the challenges that the children were having you know with language and acculturation that type of thing so together these two women made up these games these theater games communication games and they were wildly successful and as a matter of trivia later on viola spolin was to have a son and his name was paul sills paul sills founded the second city theater in uh-huh. chicago and just took all of his mother's games and made it into the entertainment a form that we know it today but at its heart at its heart improv like good leadership and good teamwork is all about listening it's all about listening and connecting and yes anding.
0: yeah it's wow, an incredible history that, that thank you for that sharing that So one of the things that I've had the opportunity to do is ask my friends and colleagues for a message of hope in these unprecedented times. And so I've asked them to fill in the blank to this following statement. So Nancy, can you fill in the blank to this statement? The silver lining in all of this is what? Wow.
1: The silver lining in all of this is you know, Joel. Today, I was supposed to be in Amsterdam. You know, when when the pandemic hit, I was flying in from. I flew in on March uh, the twelfth from Indianapolis to Toronto, where I'm based, and uh, and all of the jobs for the rest of 2020 sort of just ground to a halt. And um, and I don't know anything else. I it, that has challenged my own ability to be adaptable like this, you know? I think the silver lining is um, much like the principle of engineering, that it's not about perfect solution. It's about doing the best you can with limited resources. All of a sudden, I'm without, you know, airports and flights and conferences and keynotes and workshops. And yet, I find that I can do so with a little bit of you know adaptability and uh, some tech i've I've helped an engineering grad start his company called lightboard Depot and that's and that is a tool that is really helpful you know it's a little bit of tech with the with the improv game this the silver lining is perspective the silver lining is allowing ourselves and myself to gain a new perspective and that necessary adaptability that will serve us well in the future. You know, I've got a pilot friend that likes to say, change your angle of entry, you know, change, just look at it this way, look at it that way. And so we do, you know, and when we do, it's largely a measure of our resilience. We will always find, we will always find the solution. A very famous improviser was a man named Keith Johnstone, and he famously said, "With yes, we are rewarded with the adventure that we will take. With no, we are rewarded with the security we retain." And I tell you, if saying no will cost us dearly,
0: yeah, I vote, I vote yes for that.
1: Ah, <laughs> <Aww>, nice, <laughs> good, and good yes, and John. <laughs>
0: Nice. <laughs> You've talked about the uh, the amount of time you used to spend on ho- in hotels and uh, in airplanes as you shared your message with the world, and now that's not happening. And so, but you have talked about some of the things you're working on. So, remind us uh, what you and the Nancy Watt communication teams are working on now that traveling is restricted and associations like ours are not holding conferences.
1: Sure. Well, I um, I am continuing to speak in some virtual conferences and that's um, you know that's all well and good so long as I can keep on the gallery view and I'm not just looking at myself because that's just that weirds me out but I but it luckily luckily there are some uh, very impactful and effective improv workshop ideas that I've been developing since uh, early April and that is all well and good I've got a paper published that uh, in a medical journal we have we did a clinical trial lowering social anxiety disorder in some youth using applied improv techniques and I am delighted to be that that paper is published. There's an ongoing program called HAPPY which is the an acronym for how to apply positive psychology improv exercises and uh, and that also is keeping me very busy and I and I love that whether it is a whether it is a workshop that uh, looks at you know, the need for increased resiliency or collaboration or creativity or cohesion, you know, these type of things, there are evidence-based research that um, that studies and knows what it is that a team needs. However, theory—you know—theory is all well and good, but doesn't really, you know, float my boat. But why, why—why I am called a pracademic is because I like to take the academic literature of what is true, but apply it practically and have and deliver that experiential learning, as you know, for for a lot of our for a lot of our engineers, for a lot of the clients, and so that's what I, uh, that's what I'm continuing to do, that, and I tell you, this AQ is gaining traction, it is out of the gate, and it's going to be, um, and it's going to be coming at us hard, and And so, further to that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, there's a company in the UK called AQAI, and for our membership, for the GBA, they have a limited-time leadership adaptability quotient assessment offer. And and if you go to their website and put in the code NWC4, Nancy Watt Communications, GBA, members can receive 50% off, off of 10 assessments, which is about the size of a leadership group, if this is something that they'd like to uh, pursue further. So AQ, happy, um, you know, online virtual speaking. I continue, to, I continue to do the work that I do, Joel, because, um, because I feel that it is, it is married in both what is true and what is good. That is the principle of, you know, largely what I do and why I do it.
0: That's awesome. So our members can find out more about you and contact you through your website. and sure. www.nancywatt2ts.com. Yeah, that's and right. That, and that information, along with your very generous uh, offer, to, the assessment offer, will be included in the show notes so that website with your code will be included in the show notes so thank you very much it's quite an incredible gift that you've given to our listeners
1: my pleasure I thank the company for for doing so it's uh, they're working very hard this is a it's a fascinating time and we need all hands on deck we need to help each other we need to pull out every tool, everything that we can do to, uh, to assist and make sure that our teams are good, our organizations survive, our families are well. This is, I'm sorry to use the overused word unprecedented, but it is. And so those that we don't want to just survive, we want to thrive. And there are ways that we can do so. And Mm. I'm just, humble to be to play a very small part in that Uh,
0: this is a great example of where people are really helping each other out so you've taken time out of your busy schedule to speak with me and our listeners today it's been really incredible to reconnect with you nancy i feel like you're part of the gba family and you will be forever and i can't wait for the next time that we get to chance to to talk
1: oh likewise thank you thank you for the work that you do You know, I think that it is it is important work and they uh, the GBA is in a unique and powerful position themselves right now to uh, offer a lot of assistance. So I'm delighted. I don't know what I wouldn't do for you. It's really great. Thank you. Thank you, Joel.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Enjoy the rest of your time up there and let's stay in touch. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encore Performances, Reconnecting with Friends of GBA. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe and listen to future episodes. I'm confident you'll be inspired, informed, and entertained. For more great resources to help make you and your business smarter, stronger, and more successful, visit our website at geoprofessional.org. Thank you again for listening to your continued success.